So we'll take Jesus over the field. We'll take Jesus over all else in this world. And we need you in the morning. And we'll need you this afternoon. And we'll need you tonight and then tomorrow all over again. So we thank you that you're available to us. That you found a way to find your way into our lives. And now, Lord, we want you to be our treasure. So we pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations and thoughts of our hearts in these moments and the rest of the day, Lord, will be pleasing in your sight. Lord, in everything we do, we want to exalt and glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Please be seated. Happy Labor Day weekend. I wonder uh, what is laborious for you today. What are you laboring over Any burden you carried in here? Think about that for a moment. What's the one thing that's sort of weighing on your mind right now? I read this week um, on uh, a blog spot about a man who um, was on the cusp of having fun, but suddenly remembered every single one of his responsibilities. Has that ever happened to you? You're You're just about to relax, you're just about to rest, And then you think about the emails that you didn't uh, answer at work. You think about your aunt's birthday that you missed or um, the clothes that you need to wash. And suddenly your joy is gone. So how do we find rest? And what do we do with the amazing burdens that sort of come to us and accumulate in our lives? The Apostle Paul believed that we fellow Christians could help carry each other's burdens. So in our series on one another's relationship within the church, let's take another step today in Galatians chapter six, verses one through five. We left off last week with verse one. Remember, Paul said, let's not bite and devour each other. Let's not envy each other. Let's not provoke each other. Let's restore one another when we sin. Now another step in that journey. Let's bear one another's burdens. Would you stand with me as we read God's word today? Galatians chapter 6. I begin reading with verse 1. And Paul says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they're not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. So the main one another in the New Testament is love one another. And we're really in these weeks just sort of working out what that looks like. And I said last week, if you really love somebody, when you catch them in sin, instead of saying, gotcha, you say, how can I help you out of that sin? How can I restore you? It's like fixing a broken bone. And he says, you do that meekly and mindfully. So meekly, that is with gentleness or with strength under control. Those of you who've been through physical therapy know what I mean by that. My only niece on the Brooks side is uh, a young lady who graduated from Texas Tech with a doctorate in physical therapy. 
And the thing about physical therapists, my experience is that uh, they can help you, but along the way, they may hurt you while they're, they're helping you. And what you hope is that they use gentleness, that their strength is under control. But remember what their purpose is, it's to restore the full range of motion. So the goal spiritually is for us to restore the full range of spiritual motion, to help a person get back to everything they can do for the kingdom of God. So we do that meekly with strength under control. We also do that mindfully. Why? Because if at any point we think, wow, I could never be tempted to do that, then we need to watch out. Because of course, we're susceptible to every sin that everybody else is. And he says, once we restore each other, then we can begin to, to bear each other's burdens. I remember the first time I read this in the King James, I was a King James guy when I was a kid and, and uh, somebody gave me a King James Bible and I was reading it and I read in verse two and it said, bear one another's burdens. And I got to verse five and it said, let each one carry his own burden. And I was like, what does that mean? We're bearing each other's burdens, but we've got to carry our own burdens. And in, in fact, you need to know in Greek, these are two different words. And so uh, the new NIV and other translations distinguish that it's burden and and load. But for a moment there, I struggle with that. I remember a Joshua story about one day over in Huntsville, uh, our pastor emeritus, Lester Collins, was preaching and uh, Joshua's little brother was writing. He was drawing something on a pad and, and uh, he always did that. And he could pay attention while he was, we have members of our family who can do that too, who do their best listening while they're drawing something. And so he was drawing something and then he held it up for Lester to see. And his dad reached up and pulled it down and looked at it and it said, what do you mean? <laughs> Well, every preacher needs to be asked that periodically. What do you mean? And the Apostle Paul, what do you mean? Bear each other's burdens, but you got to carry your own load. I mean, what does that look like? And what Paul is saying is there are some weights in this world that are too heavy for us to carry alone. So thankfully, we have a, a body of Christ to share those burdens with us. And then there are some things that nobody else can do for you some responsibilities in life that you have to do for yourself because nobody else can do that. So I want to distinguish those with us today as we think about how we live life together. He says, spiritual people are people, spirit people who live by the spirit of God are people who sometimes help carry each other's Burdens. The word is weight, baros, which is a, like, a, like a tremendous crushing kind of weight that nobody could carry alone. And he says, uh, carry that, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. The law of Christ here, I think, clearly John 13, 34 a new commandment I give you that you love one another. And people who love each other actually sort of help carry each other's burdens. I remember this week that ants can carry like several times their body weight. One um, report I read said 100 times their body weight. Another said 5,000 times their body weight. You know why you, you can't do that? You can't because you're not an ant. But you're a person and there are things that you and I can't do on our own that we need help with. And sometimes it takes a lot of courage, not just to serve, but to be served, to let somebody else help you and to have the grace to let somebody else serve you in life is sometimes a, a very difficult thing to do. 
I read this week that these backpacks that we put on our kids' backs, um, that they should not, studies say, have over 10 to 15% of the kids' body weight. That's not very much, by the way. And they asked why, and they said, because it affects posture, it can affect um, back pain later in life. And I was thinking about all those guys I went to seminary with uh, who were carrying these enormous briefcases with 50 books, and all of us kind of walked with one arm, you know, down to the side because of the effect of that. There are weights that we should not carry. There are some things that are too heavy to carry. For instance, the weight of our own guilt and sin is sometimes so great. We can't carry that alone. We need to confess that sin one to another so that we can be, James says, we can be healed. We can be forgiven. We can be made right. We can be restored. And so we carry each other's burdens. We help each other out. Just about five months ago, we took all of Chase's stuff. We packed up all the stuff that he had left in our house when he went off to college four years ago. We just packed it all up, put it in a U-Haul. Um, Graham helped me. He drove the U-Haul. He's like, road trip. This is good. He loves to drive U-Hauls, which is good because I don't love to drive U-Haul trucks. And so he drives it up there and there's this uh, parade of Chase's friends and we're all carrying it. It took us like Oh, uh, it took Graham and I like eight hours to pack the U-Haul truck. It took like about 15 minutes for all the people to get everything off there and carry it upstairs. And then this week he took a new job an hour and a half away. And so he said, you know, um, I don't guess y'all are coming back up uh, to do that. And Melanie, who has such compassion, said, you know what? He can't pack alone. I'm going to go up and help him pack. So she drives up there, you know. And I just want to say, if you ever need to move, you, you want somebody like my wife who loves by serving, as opposed to somebody like me who loves by talking. Because, because serving actually helps more than talking in some instances. I mean, there's value in talking, but when it comes down to lifting boxes and getting them in the right places, you want somebody who has a heart to serve. And I love a Romans chapter 15, verse one, where Paul says, so you who are strong ought to bear with those who are weak. We see weaknesses in others and we can help. We can come alongside them. This is a very spiritual thing to do. Why do I say that? Because in Romans chapter eight, um, the apostle Paul talks about how the spirit helps us in our weaknesses. And the very word for the Holy Spirit, paraclete, uh, one who is called alongside, encourager, comforter, is one that literally means one who comes beside us and helps carry the load. I see this in, in families, for instance, husbands and wives who say, we're gonna share this load together. We're gonna walk together. I see it in, in deep friendships in the body of Christ where we say, you know what? You're going through a hard time and I'm not gonna let you walk alone. I remember years ago, I was going through a difficult time and uh, I remember I was standing here and we were worshiping. I just had tears just pouring down my face, you know, uh, as we were worshiping. And after the service, Rob Moore came up to me and he just kind of put an arm around me and he said, so, you know, I want to be your friend. And I was just so grateful in that moment that that he sort of sensed and recognized a need and said, I want to walk with you. And this is the thing. Nobody makes it through this life alone. It's why Paul says to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 26. So here's the thing about our lives together. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. And if one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. So this is the, the depth of our connection of life together. So we share life together. I, I read an uh, interesting little article online this week, um, a, a lady who said, so someday I'm going to go through a hard time and my husband and my kids better come through because I have always come through 
for them in the darkest moments of their life. And then Heather Ravaleski wrote these words. We weren't meant to suffer alone. Now listen to this. This is good. We weren't meant to escape the indignity and frustration of asking for help. So you're not going to get help if you never ask for it. And so for needing help from someone who might not always enjoy giving it, that's a lot of us, someone who gets on our nerves, who's never made much sense to us, someone whom we break down and bicker with occasionally, these are the people we ask for help. But we were meant to lean on each other, Heather said, as messy and imperfect as that can be, to be capable when we can. See, that's verses uh, three to five. And to allow the world to take care of us when we can't. I would say the church It won't be all bad, or it will be, but at least we'll have each other. There's truth in that, that we come alongside each other. It's it's John Donne saying, no man is an island entire of itself. Every man is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. If a clod of dirt is washed away by the sea, Europe is the less, as well as as if a promontory were, were, as well as if a manner of your friends, if you lost your farm or your friend lost his farm, he says, that would be... Um, that would be a loss to you. Any man's death diminishes me. Why? Because I'm involved in humankind. I'm part of the whole. Therefore, never sin to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. We saw it in our city on Friday, just driving down I-10 and seeing the people who were standing with the Goforth family and they were saying, hey, we're here for you. And then we saw it in, in horrific pictures of refugees trying to make their way into a country and seeing that over in Europe just reminded us it's it's a part of the human condition and some of the refugees I don't know if you saw this they held up a sign as the Syrian people are slaughtered where is the world now some people in times like this will say where is God I hear Paul saying in verse 2 where are the Christians I was teaching at HBU this week and I always give my students a Um, a prayer request form so I can pray for them during the semester. I said, what is your greatest prayer request? And one of my students said, for our brothers and sisters who are dying in Syria. No man is an island. We're diminished by their suffering. That's what Paul's saying in 1 Corinthians 12, 26. That's what we're saying together. There are some burdens that are so heavy that we can't afford to say, well, just let them pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. They're not going to fix their own lives. And one of the reasons why it's so hard for us to help others carry their burdens is because we misunderstand ourselves. So he says, spiritual people are not only those who bear each other's burdens, but spiritual people, people who are really filled with the Spirit of God are people who recognize their own worth in Christ, their own work for Christ, and they they pull their own weight in the kingdom of God. That's what he's saying, I think, in verses three and four and five. First, we have to rightly... uh, estimate our own worth. So he says, if you think you're something when you're nothing, that's not, that's not going to help you. In other words, if we got to the place where we said, you know, that would be beneath me to help somebody do something like that. Cause after all, I've come so far in the Christian life, I'm just not having any struggles anymore. And that's really just a sort of denial that we sometimes get into. And it really prevents us from coming alongside each other and helping each other. There's, there's humility required if we're going to serve each other and bear each other's burdens. Last Sunday night, I told you I was flying up to Amarillo. I almost, I almost feel like when I walk into First Baptist Amarillo, like I ought to take off my shoes 
because it's kind of holy ground. That's where my grandfather uh, worked in VBS that last year of his life before he died. Um, he was a member there his whole life. My, um, my mom was, a, was an actine and a GA there. And my great-grandmother was a charter member. And my friend Howie Batson is, is pastor there. And he was celebrating his 20th anniversary. So I went up. He literally cried when he saw me. This is true. And when, when he did, somebody said, was he just so happy to see you? I said, no. He was worried about what I was going to say. I mean, it was just, you know, like this, this is going to be a roast or something. And it wasn't. It was just a, a time of encouragement. But I said to him, you know, 20 years ago, I was in Austin. You were in Robinson, Texas. And I called you and I said, hey, Howie, First Baptist Church of Amarillo is looking for a pastor. And that's my family's historic church. And I want to recommend you there. Now, there may have been 100 people who recommended him. I don't know. But I'll never forget what he said to me. And I said, do you remember what you said? And he said, I was hoping you would forget. And I said, no, I haven't forgotten. What you said was, Dwayne, when nobody recommends nobody somewhere, it goes nowhere. <laughs> and I said, I think it went somewhere. <laughs> so you've been here 20 years. And, uh, but he was right about this. Nobody recommending nobody. And maybe that's why God has used him so powerfully. I mean, I just, it's really fun. I had a front row seat. Literally, I was on the platform to watch those people love their pastor after 20 years of him being their pastor. Winfred Moore was their pastor for 30 years after him. Howie's now in second place, if you will. I mean, he's been there 20 years and just kind of watching them love him and him love them. And I went out to eat with his staff after the service and, and they love their pastor as well. And I was just thinking about that. And I was thinking, had he not come into this place with deep humility saying, this job is way too big for me. He was 32 years old. If he had thought, yeah, I got this, it probably wouldn't have gone as well as it's gone. But because he went in saying, yeah, I'm a nobody and Dwayne, you're a nobody. I don't think they're even going to consider me. And yet God was in it and God worked in it. And here it is. It's James chapter four, verse 10. If you humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, he will lift you up. Can I give you the corollary this morning? It's not nearly as fun. If you exalt yourself in the eyes of the Lord, he will humble you. So you got two choices here. You can humble yourself and be exalted or you can exalt yourself and be humbled. And my friend Howie Batson has humbled himself and God has used him so incredibly in that place. And it was just fun to be there and just to celebrate with that church the way that God has worked in their midst and to talk about missions and for him to say, they said, you know, we've done more mission work than we've ever done. Tell us about that. And he said, you've taught me about missions. I didn't, I loved missions, but I didn't know anything about it till this great church taught me about that. And I think every pastor, every minister who served in a church for a season can say, look at all the things you have shared with me. Look at all the things that you have taught me. And out of that, he says in verse three, so you've got to rightly evaluate your own worth so that you can uh, evaluate your own work in verse four, where he says, everybody look at your own actions. In the ESV, it says, um, yeah, check your own work. We've all got work that we're doing for God. And how are we doing with that work? And, and how can we serve the Lord with that? So as you look at, at verse four there, he says, each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone. Listen to this, without comparing themselves to someone else. So I think the, the key word in verse four is the word own. So it's your own. So you don't have to compare yourself to another. It's what Andy Stanley calls living in the land of Ur, spelled E-R. You know what living in the land of Ur is? It's the comparison trap where you're always comparing yourself to somebody else. So sure, you, you want to be strong, but it's not enough to be strong. You got to be strong-er. And you want your kids to be smart. That's great. But it's not enough for your kids to be smart. They've got to be smart-er. 
or um, you know, you want to make money and it's, it's not enough to be rich, but you got to be rich er, or it's not enough to be talented. You got to be talented er. That's not a word, but I mean, you know what I'm saying is we've got, a, we've got this thing where we're always comparing ourselves to others and we'll, we'll never ever be happy as long as we're doing that. So what we do instead is focus on what God is doing in us and through us. And then verse five says, so we take responsibility and we pull our, our own weight. So it's, it's um, we, we, we help ourselves. You know, there are whole sections of books in Barnes and Noble on self-help. One guy walked in and he said, um, excuse me, ma'am, to the clerk, he said, could you help me find the self-help section? And she said, well, I could, but that would kind of defeat the purpose, wouldn't it? I mean, if I help you find the self-help, then you're really not helping yourself. And Paul says, look, there's some things that only you can do for yourself. And I was just reminded, you know, this, this word for carry there in verse two is the same word used in John chapter 19 when it says Jesus carried his own cross. But then there comes that moment when his closest friends are nowhere to be found and Simon of Cyrene is conscripted to carry. So Simon helps carry the cross beam of the cross up the hill But what Simon can't do is die for the sins of all people. Only Jesus could do that because he was the sinless son of God. And I think some of the loads you and I are trying to carry, I think of that movie, The Mission, and the man who killed uh, his own brother in a fit of rage, and then out of his penance, he's got to be a missionary, and he carries this, remember that heavy bag with rocks and stones and glass in it, and it's cutting him, and it's hurting him, and he's going to carry it up this mountain, but he keeps falling down the mountain, and finally the priest comes and releases him from that. And it seems to me that some of us, because we're still trying to carry the weight of our own guilt and shame, are unable to help each other. But what if Christ set us free from that? Then couldn't we take responsibility and do the things that we can do? Couldn't we do them better if we knew? I was thinking about uh, the church that I went to in college. Larry Nixon was my pastor. Dudley Blakeney, anybody know that name? I think he went to Spring Branch after he was with us at Calvary Baptist there. And he would stand and, and lead us in this little chorus. And one night it became particularly meaningful. I was going through, you know, freshman year and whatever I was blue about. I don't remember what it was, but I remember it was a dark time. And a friend of mine was in the choir and she said, I could see it on your face when you walked in that you were discouraged But then Dudley stands up at the end of the revival service and leads us in this song, Burdens Are Lifted at Calvary. At Calvary. Jesus is very near. And the good news for people like us is that Jesus has come to me. All you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. And when we find rest in Christ from the one burden that none of us could never carry, the burden of our own sin and guilt, when we find his rest from that, then we become those who give rest to others by helping them bear their burdens. Burdens are lifted at Tallowood. Jesus is very near. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your presence in this place, for your amazing grace and love and sustaining power. Thank you, Lord, for the things you've brought us through this week. We could say as a group today, we couldn't have made it to this point if you had not brought us through. So we are thankful, Lord, for grace that is greater than our sin. 
We're thankful that we can restore each other when we make mistakes. We're thankful, Lord, that we can carry each other's burdens. So help us, I pray today, Lord, to to fulfill the law of Christ, to love one another so that everyone knows that we really are your disciples. This is our prayer in Jesus' name, amen.